Hello, and welcome to A Stage for All. I'm Julie Feldman for UPATH. Whether you're in the audience, participating in the arts, or learning from the experience, United Performing Arts Fund connects us all. You're hearing music from the Milwaukee Youth Symphony Orchestra, a UPATH member organization. Have you ever felt exhilarated when you hear a piece of music? Perhaps you feel a chill up and down your spine or it brings a tear to your eye. We all know that music can transform lives. And now more than ever, music can play a vital role in lifting our spirits, making us feel a little less lonely or bringing people together while we shelter in place. So let's explore the transformative power of music. We'll be taking a look at the science of music's effect on the brain from a music therapist, then hear from beloved local musician Willie Porter, and finally find out how you can tap into transformative musical opportunities as UPAF President and CEO Deanna Tillish brings us up to date on the state of the arts. First, let's fill out the notes on the staff, so to speak, with basics about music and the brain. Christine Wiggin is a board-certified music therapist and neurologic music therapist with Milwaukee VA Medical Center. Hi, Christine. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Thank you for having me. You use music to heal patients. So can you tell us a little bit about the science behind music and healing? Music has the innate ability to access different areas of the brain simultaneously. I often recommend people that I'm speaking to look at brain scans in the presence of meaningful and preferred music as an example. You can see the many areas of the brain light up simultaneously while listening to music. So when specific areas of the brain are damaged, for example, by a stroke, music can enter the unaffected areas and train the brain to use those unaffected areas and even create pathways from the unaffected areas to the affected areas. One common side effect of, you know, brain damage from a stroke of progressive dementia is the inability to speak and to communicate. Specifically, singing can provide patients who have affected brain damage with the opportunity to communicate. It's been such an honor and a privilege to be there when patients speak to their loved ones for the first time through singing, following their brain damage. You know, Christine, this reminds me of a testimonial from UPATH. The United Performing Arts Fund sponsored one of its member groups to work with disabled children. At the end of the program, the kids participated in a concert. Well, one child who was autistic had never spoken before, but he began to sing. His parents heard their son's voice using words for the very first time. It was really an emotional moment. That's a great example. So now that we understand how music can be used to heal, is there a way to use music to improve our lives at home? So many people are feeling anxious, lonely, and sad right now while they're sheltering in place. Yes, you can absolutely use music to help change your mood. One thing that I often use and try to elicit are memories um, from my patients of their most meaningful, uplifting um, times in life through the music they listened to at the time. So, you know, one thing that I would recommend is choose memories from your life where you're with 
those loved ones that maybe you're missing right now. Simply listening to the music from those experiences can provide a change in mood, can bring you from feeling anxious to more at peace. Another great example that we use within the music therapy community regularly is something called the ISO principle. So the ISO principle um, is basically an intervention you can use to change your mood from an undesired state, anxious, for example, to a desired state, which might be relaxed. How to do that would be basically to start with music that matches where you're at how you feel, um, how quickly your body is moving through respiration, for example, through motor responses, through your heartbeat. This can help your brain easily synchronize to the beat. One example that I like often give to people of synchrony is when you're listening to music and you notice your fingers, your feet, your legs are tapping in time to the music. That's your brain synchronizing and your body synchronizing to the beat. From an emotional standpoint, if you start from that point, it's validation to hear through the music that someone else out there understands where you're at and has gone through the same thing through the music that they wrote. Then you'll gradually change the elements of music over time. You'll slow the tempo down with each song. You'll choose something with fewer instruments, with a lighter mood, something that gradually softens in volume and ends with a very soothing or slow tempo. For example, you might end this sequence of songs with harp, with cello music, as that's very mellow, very light, very relaxing. It's so important to individualize the music um, in my work to the person I'm working with. So really consider also when you're choosing music, what type of music you associate with relaxation, with pleasure, with uplifting experiences you've had in life. That just makes the process go that much quicker. Christine, thank you for being with us and sharing your insight into using music to help us cope. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. You're listening to Bears Ears and the Great Law, an instrumental written, performed, and produced by Willie Porter from his album Mnemonic, available on Weasel Records. Let's listen for a bit before we talk with Willie. Willie Porter is a local troubadour who's known internationally for his gift of storytelling through music. He joins us now as we continue our discussion about the transformative power of music. Hi, Willie. Thank you for sharing your time on UPAF's A Stage for All podcast. Thank you, Julie. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, we've explored the science behind music and its effect on the brain with a music therapist. Tell us how, when you're in the moment, music affects you. Well, I think the first thing that's so extraordinary about music is that time doesn't really exist when you're participating in it, either as a performer or when you've really committed yourself to listening closely to it. 
So that's probably the first thing that comes to mind is that, you know, when you're listening to a great symphony or you're listening to uh, a piano piece or just a great song, you can really um, go on the journey with that piece and um, time becomes irrelevant. And I think that's one of the the most uh, wonderful gifts that music brings us. While listening to Bear's Ears and The Great Law, I felt three distinct mood changes in your instrumental. First, quiet and thoughtful. Then upbeat and rhythmic. And finally, a cadence that brought to mind the comfort of home. Is that what you intended? I wanted to take people on a journey through the environment. Also, um, you know, invite some Native American rhythmic structures into it, which is the sort of aggressive rhythm section. definitely pulling from uh, sort of a Native American chanting. And then, you know, the end is kind of a spaghetti Western, the way that it goes into waltz form. And and trying to reclaim that music as a joyful, positive, potential energy, it really comes down to staying inside the music as a performer. And that's, I think, um, what all of my favorite artists do, from Pat Metheny to the great drummer, Max Roach, all of these musicians, they really stayed inside and they stay inside the song. They don't, you happen to be in a room with them and they're performing and they want you to be on the journey with them, but you're, they'd be doing it either way, <laughs> whether you were there or not as right. an audience member. And I, I think that's a, that's a beautiful part of performance. I'm sure an audience listens differently after 9-11, or even now when we're sheltering in place. It's important to recognize that the music does have a, does have a deeper meaning in those times, certainly. And I think as a storyteller and as a person who's, you know, a performer, it's an opportunity to, to help people um, process. And sometimes that process takes, you know, um, a ride that you didn't plan on. You know, um, for instance, you know, coming out and playing uh, a set of music um, following um, a a tragic event is really challenging for uh, a songwriter, somebody who has a lot of lyric content. And so for me, I rely more on the instrumental side, the guitar in those moments. Um, because I feel as though people can assign their own value to it and put their own emotion into it. They can invest in their own way. And I think for that reason, I love instrumental music so much more than uh, music that has lyrics. Uh, I like the idea that the listener can really um, put their own heart and their own experience into what that means. And so... With that, um, you know, we have a lot of uh, a lot of power to to help, and um, musicians have a great deal of power to help. So you're live streaming a concert every Saturday night while the public shelters mm-hmm. in place. Tell us about this free concert series and why you decided to do this. Well, as a musician, I'd love to to be able to keep playing, but also it's a it's a way for me to let people know that I care about them and that I care about the, our collected community. Um, 
And I think that's a, a great message to be putting out. It's free. If you want to contribute, you can, um, but you don't have to. And, you know, I think that um, really speaks to the core of, of why I do what I do. And when you say contribute, you're actually contributing part of the proceeds to a local charity? I do. Every every show, I pick a different one. And um, that's just been really fun to do. Yes. How are you doing during COVID? Do you regulate your own mood with music? I generally try to start the day pretty quietly with classical music and stuff like that. And by the end of the day, I probably will have listened to the Rolling Stones at least once. <laughs> yeah. But I find my musical diet is um, is really varied, and I just try to I try to follow whatever the hunger is. And as a as a player, um, I think that you know playing music is sort of a a living meditation unto itself. So being able to just play something and improvise and not care about what I'm doing has been a great way to both work on my my playing, but also um, sort of stay in touch with the spirit of music. Do you have any advice for our listeners about using music to relieve stress or lift their spirits right now? I would say play music that you love. Always play music that you love first. While we're in this social isolation, I've seen it as an opportunity to really celebrate the joy of music more. Play the music I love to play and let the other stuff fall to the side for a while. Thank you so much for your time, Willie Porter. We appreciate it. It's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me on board. And if you'd like to catch Willie's performances online, go to willieporter.com at 7 o'clock on Saturday nights. While theaters are dark during this time of sheltering in place, the United Performing Arts Fund is making sure that you have access to Milwaukee's rich arts community, from great entertainment to dance classes for your kids. Deanna Tillish is president and CEO of UPATH, and she joins us for State of the Arts. Hi, Deanna. Hi, Julie. Thanks for having me. So UPATH is really pivoting right now and making the arts readily available to people in their homes because of the pandemic. Tell us about what UPATH and member groups are offering online. Well, innovation is what our groups do best, uh, be it on stage, in the classroom, or through viral experiences. So pivoting has been essential for the groups and how they showcase their local talent. uh, And they can do this easily through a virtual experience. Right now, UPATH is streaming live shows on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday evenings at UPATH.org. And then our groups are also being creative. Uh, DanceWorks is starting dance classes for children. Skylight Music Theater and First Stage are out delivering special performances that are being streamed. So uh, we're really trying to capture entertainment excellence on a virtual level. I think a lot of parents are smiling right now and thanking UPATH for the opportunity to keep their kids busy and learning. They certainly are. UPATH's homepage, UPATH.org, is really a treasure trove of entertainment. What else can we find there? 
if you go to our homepage, there is a virtual performance library right on the front and center. The Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra, the Florentine Opera, the Milwaukee Ballet, just about every one of our 14 member groups has something in our library. UPAF is live streaming a really big event on Thursday, this Thursday, May 7th, uh, to unite our community through the arts. Tell us about this event. So we just launched Unite with UPAF Collaborative to help lift the spirits of our community during this time of great uncertainty. And so we're partnering with all of our member groups to be able to offer up these free virtual performing arts experiences. Now, with the May 7th event, this is where it all sort of reaches a crescendo. We're going to have a live broadcast, which will be featuring performances and endorsements from our local artists, community leaders, and even some celebrity guests. That sounds awesome. We really need the arts to heal as individuals and as a community right now, but the arts need us too. What can our listeners do to help? Well, we are projecting about an $8.3 million loss um, just for the close of this season. And so the UPAC campaign is running at an essential time because we're raising dollars to ensure the sustainability and survival of next season. So we're asking our donors out there to help with our relief collaborative. uh, And that is by giving a gift uh, to the 2020 campaign. You can do that very easily by going on upef.org. The beauty of my job is that I see the, the generosity of people every single day. Every donor counts. Every dollar counts. And so we are just appreciative of how philanthropic southeastern Wisconsin is. We are among the best in the state. And UPAP is the largest performing arts organization within the country. Uh, and that's because of the generosity of our people here. So we definitely appreciate every dollar that comes into us. And uh, we are determined to have a successful 2020 campaign. Thank you, Deanna Tillish, President and CEO of the United Performing Arts Fund. Thank you, Julie. We're going to leave you with more music from the Milwaukee Youth Symphony Orchestra. Thank you for joining us. This is A Stage for All, a UPAF podcast. Until next time, I'm Julie Feldman.